back. Man, does anybody that's not a millennial remember that? Saturday morning, PBS. We're going to take up a love offering for PBS right now if the ushers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, do y'all remember? Does that take, oh man, that takes me way back, man. Um, we are, so back to school. I'm putting on, we, we shared this thought about two years ago in Baltimore on a Wednesday <laughs> about conjunction junction. And as we're talking back to school, I thought we got we to gotta dig a little deeper into this thought. And, and so I'm going to put on my English teacher hat for a little bit. Now, I'm not an English teacher. Matter of fact, I just finished my college degree. I thought you might clap. No, I got no love. No, it's too late. You missed it. You missed it. No, 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 no. I don't need sympathy, love. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll cry myself to sleep tonight. No, but uh, for real, when my wife was uh, playing college volleyball, um, and I've shared this, I think, before, but uh, as we were, as she was playing college volleyball, there'd be times that she'd have a bunch of papers to write, and I'd say, well, I'll write your paper for you, honey, and she'd say, well, you didn't, you don't even know the material, and I'd say, it don't matter. <laughs> I'm just going to ramble and I'll get an A. And sure enough, y'all, I would read just a couple paragraphs and I would write her paper and I would just ramble. And I didn't know how much that was going to help me when I was a preacher. Come on, somebody. Hey, come on, somebody. And so I would just, and, and every time I'm a 100% student in her classes, come on, somebody. Uh, luckily, it didn't really, uh, didn't affect her. Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. I'm going to, we're in the NLT today, and here's what it says. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea. Now, I'm going to pause for a cause for a second there. Um, I love this, this, this word. It's, he says, it seemed like they showed up from every village, Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Uh, about, about three years ago, before we ever started planting and before we ever planted the Hill Bolivar, uh, we just had a church in Stockton, and I was walking these, this, this family from their, uh, from, from, the, the church to the kids' church. And we're walking over, and I'm talking to the mom, and I'm, we're just chit-chatting. You know, I said, where are you from? And she tells me, and y'all, she was like an hour and 45 minutes away. And so I asked her, I said, so you got, you got family in Stockton? And she said, no. Nah. I said, oh, you, you, uh, you come into the lake after church and kind of be, make it a holiday weekend, long, long weekend? She went, no. I went, then why are you coming to Stockton to church? And she went, because I like the church. Now, that was like probably all, but here's what I said. I, I asked her that, and she said, because I like the church, and I went, why? <laughs> Horrible pastoring, Grandma. I thought to myself, what was I thinking, y'all? Like, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe it popped out of my mouth, but I was so dumbfounded. Now, while a piece of me was kind of honored, like, that's really cool that they're going to drive an hour and 45 minutes to church, my heart began to break. Because I thought no one should have to drive more than half an hour to find a church that's life-giving around their city. Come on, somebody. And I began to know that, that that wasn't sustainable for discipleship, for her family, that we had to begin to plant churches for people to gather. Aren't you thankful we did? Come on, somebody. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Now, there's our first conjunction, one of our first conjunctions. And the Lord's healing power was, was strongly with Jesus. Now, I love it, guys, because there's moments in life when the anointing is in the room to do something specific. I've been in those services where the anointing was in the room and I saw people miraculously healed. I saw bondages break. I saw breakthrough happen in people's life. And there's moments when God is trying to do something very specific in the room. So Jesus is teaching. The crowd is full and there was a special anointing in the house. And that anointing in the house was to heal somebody. Only we only have one recorded healing in this setting of scripture, which actually says a lot about their expectation. But nevertheless, 
moving on. The Lord's the, there is anointing in the room to heal. <clears throat> next verse. Some of the men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, they tried to take him inside to Jesus. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So, there's another conjunction. So, try it again. You did it. You're getting an A so far. Good job. Some of you guys are cheating off your neighbor. That's okay. That's okay. It just, just like high school. So, they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20. <laughs> Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Verse 18, I love this. This is one of my, fa my favorite settings of scripture, y'all. You have this, these four guys, and we don't know their story. We don't know if they were traveling uh, two minutes or two miles, or if it, was two, if, it was, if it was 20 miles, or if it took them two hours or two days. We don't know a lot of their story, but we know that these four men gathered together, and they saw this, they had this lame man that was more than likely a friend of theirs, and, and this lame man had a need, and, and I don't know the exact story, but I imagine one of them looked at the other and said, man, I watched this guy Jesus teach, and when he was teaching, y'all, he was raising people from the dead. People that were blind were seeing. People that were deaf were hearing. Like, he's casting demons out of people. Y'all, this guy, Jesus, he's incredible. What if we got Tommy here? What if we took him to Jesus? What would happen? What could happen if we helped Tommy get to Jesus? And we don't know uh, all the specifics of what happened. But as I read verse 18, my heart began to beat again, Bobby, for the mission that is the Hill Church, that there's people that are broken, and it is our job to help them get in the room and have an encounter with Jesus. Jesus Christ. I thought someone might get excited about that. It's our mission. It's our job. It's our purpose to help connect people to the heart of God. I love this. Matter of fact, if you'll look at this verse, that notice they didn't say, hey, you got some issues, bro. You should go see Jesus. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm paralytic, so I can't move. What do you want me to do? Well, you should, you should figure that out. Notice they said, man, you need to meet Jesus let me help you. Touch your neighbor and say, you got some heavy lifting to do. It's your job, y'all. It's not, it's not my job. It's not Clinton's job. It is your job to reach your family and friends. Come on, somebody. It is your job to be the light in a dark world that is your world. It is your job to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to the, your community, to the people you know. So they talked themselves in to carrying this guy on his, his sleeping mat or, or his beggar's mat or whatever it was. They talked themselves in to go meet Jesus. And then it says, they try to take him inside to meet Jesus. Verse 19. But they couldn't reach him. They had really good intentions. They had really, like their hearts were really good. Like they were like, we can do this. We're going to take our buddy Tom. We're going to get him to Jesus. Like their intentions were really good, but they just fell that short. Have you ever just felt that short? You just weren't like... Like, just weren't quite good enough. So I was really small growing up. Uh, I really was. I, I, I was really small. My sophomore year, I was 5'6 and 110 pounds. And my brother was 6'3", 240. So he was huge. And all his friends were big. I was out with them one day. Went to Springfield. And, and my brother's 6'3", 240. His friend is 6'5", um, and, or 6'6". And, and he, he was heavy dude. And then another guy was 6'2", 6'3". They were all, two of them were real buff. And we go out and we're at McDonald's. And uh, this is a true story. Um, and it's, it's, it gives me complexes. And so anyhow, they, they were flirting with the, the waitress or the, the, the clerk there at McDonald's. And, and the lady from the back sends her number out for him. 
And so the person, uh, my brother goes, well, who's the number for? And the lady in the back yells, any of you but the small one. <laughs> well, I'm fine. I got over it. <laughs> you ever been there? Where you just felt like you just weren't quite big enough, good enough, strong enough, smart enough, fast enough. Who am I talking to? Like they were so close and they failed again. But see, what happens in our world is we judge our intentions, but we judge everybody else's actions. What do you mean, Pastor Bo? Here's what I mean. Whenever I, met, whenever I do something wrong to hurt someone and they're like, well, Pastor Bo, you did this and it hurt my, I always say, well, that's not what I meant to do. That wasn't my intention intention but whenever they do something to hurt you or hurt me what do we say well this is what you did and they say well that wasn't what I meant to do that wasn't my intention and we say it doesn't matter here's what you did see we're really bad in our culture about judging what we our intention but judging everyone else's actions these guys intended to really help the guy but they couldn't get to Jesus Proverbs to in Proverbs it says this, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again eight. See, eight's the number of new beginnings. He's teaching us in Proverbs and Jesus is teaching us in this story in Luke. He's saying, listen, you may have fell seven times, but eight is the number of new beginnings. So you may have fell again and again and again and again. But if you get back up, I can do something new in your heart. I can do something new in your mind. I can do something new in your spirit. I can do something new in your relationship. You may have messed up so many times that you can't count, but if you decide in your heart you're going to get back up, watch me do a new thing in you. I love this setting of scripture. But they tried to get there, but they couldn't get in the door. I need to tell somebody, don't let your butt hold you back. You ever had such a big butt in your life you couldn't get in the door to meet Jesus? <laughs> I'm trying to be funny <laughs> and trying to prove a point. <laughs> it's real. Some of us have, 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 we have, we have such big issues that it holds us back from getting to where Jesus is. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Bo? Here's what I mean. Some of us, some stuff happened to us a lot of years ago. And we're saying, well, God can't use me now because of this. God can't use me. Like, I would do more for God, but I had this happen. I would do for more for the church right now. I would serve and I would join Grow Track, but I'm just, it's just not convenient. I'm really, really busy right now. Like, I could do more, but I got, I mean, I got these issues. I, I want to help. It's not a good time of the year. I, you know what? I really, I want to be faithful. I really like to sleep in more. Like these guys, they're saying, I wanted to do something for God. My butt held me back. My, 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 my butt, my excuse kept me out of the throne room of God. My excuse kept me away from the heart and the presence of God. My excuse kept me from doing what God had called me to do. Has anybody ever been there? Come on, man, I'm guilty too. I've been there where I'm looking at God and I'm saying, I want to do more, God, but have you, do, have you know how bad I mess up? He's like, oh, I'm fully aware. I watched it all week, man. But look what he says next. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. Now, this is what we do. 
God's going, how come you didn't do more? And we say, well, God, see what had happened was I was going to, I was going to do that, but I couldn't get to you because of someone else. I, 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 you know, I really want to help in a greater capacity or, or whatever, but because of what they did or because of what they're doing or because of the fight I got in with my spouse or because it's, we're so quick guys in our life to quickly blame all of our dysfunction on everybody else. Who's the crowd? Everybody else. I was going to succeed God, but everybody else got in the way. I was, uh, we had just started Bolivar campus and Wednesday night only it was like week two and I'm preaching and, and y'all were shouting I think um, I don't remember I'm just believing you were <laughs> it was rough at the beginning and so I'm preaching y'all and I look over and I have this scrawny guy over there and the Lord speaks to my heart and says that scrawny guy he, he has a word for tonight to share and I said Lord I don't know that scrawny guy he could be weird or he could be a witch either way he ain't touching the mic come on somebody the scrawny guy was Pastor Clinton <laughs> I said, Lord, I don't know him very well. We've talked a few times, but he could be a weirdo. I don't want to, I don't want to give him back to a weirdo. What if he says something weird? And so my, my intentions were good. So I talked to, I talked to the scrawny guy, just kidding, really buff, muscular, strong guy after service. I thought Ashley might shout me down right there. So I walked, I walked to him after service and I said, man, I felt like you had a word tonight. And he goes, oh man, I really did. The Lord gave me something to share. And I went, man, I missed it. And he was all spiritual. He was like, no, brother. I know the Lord gave the word that was supposed to be given because of... <laughs> it was super spiritual, y'all. He said, I'm sure what was said was exactly what needed to be said. And I went, or I missed it. Like, I'm, I'm, it's okay. I told him, we had that talk right there. I said, it's a Clinton, if you're going to be around me, you're going to learn. I'm going to mess up. I am not the pastor that thinks I'm perfect. Come on, somebody. But if I'm going to miss it, I'm going to be missing it trying to hear from heaven. I'm going to miss it trying to obey the voice of God. So I said, I said, it's okay in our life to say we miss it. But what happens in our culture, whenever we mess up, we blame it on because of they. Don't let because of they keep you out of the room of Jesus. Don't die short of where God's called you to be because of they. They were trying to get to Jesus, but they couldn't because of everybody else because of the crowd because they didn't leave like I'm picturing this story guys and I'm imagining these guys get to the <laughs> go and put that verse back up there they get to the door and old and Zacharias <laughs> is sitting in the doorway and, and we can't get in because of Zacharias I don't think that's a real name and and they can't get in and so what are we gonna do we don't have any put that verse back up there we don't have any room we can't get in because of the crowd and you know there was the guy in the group that was all just discouraged because he didn't want to be there in the first place like you know you got you got Tommy and he can't move and you got like Henry the best friend that's like we're gonna help him and he was like cheering the crowd like, he's the football captain cheering the crowd on we can do it we got this and they're all like yeah and you got Jack on the other side and Jack's like yeah I'm in I wanna I just wanna help and you've got you've got Jack Henry and Tommy and you've got old John on the back corner that didn't want to be there at all but he also didn't he was kind of FOMO and didn't want he was a fear of missing out he just wanted to be a part of the group y'all know who I'm talking about? is that you come on somebody. They're in this moment, you know, that they encouraged each other to get there. So they're carrying Tommy. They get to the door. They couldn't get in because of the crowd. And then you get this next conjunction. So they went up on the roof. 
Now, I think we read that incorrectly. We read it like this, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof. I think it was like this, but we fell short of what we were supposed to do because everybody else got in the way. And old, old, old Henry said, so, so you have that guy in your life. Like you just want to be discouraged. You're like, man, a bad day. Man, I got in a fight with my coworkers and my boss yelled at me and, and I lost, I, I got in a wreck on the way home and you have that guy in your life that's like, so, you're alive? And you're like, yeah, you can go in the other room. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I am alive. You may not be if you keep talking like that, you know what I mean? Like, I think that was almost the conversation. I really do. Like, as they're talking and they're mad and they're hangry and they're hungry and they're tired and, 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 and one of them stubbed their toe on the way, the pinky toe, it really hurts. And they're on their way and they're like, now we're short again. It's not going to work. We failed. We've fallen. We messed up. And the guy in the front says, so? Like, like he's saying this. So let me get this straight. L let's look at that again. We got up early. We skipped breakfast. We, we're trying to help this guy get to the, the to feet of Jesus. You have to understand this. He's telling him, we are making his miracle our mission. And that's what we are called to do in this life. Make their miracle our mission. But the problem is, when it doesn't go the way we think it should go. My God, I feel like preaching in the house. When it doesn't go the way we think it should go, we're done. It, it, their miracle is our mission, but he is the miracle worker. He's the hope dealer. Come on, somebody. He, he's, the, he's the one that brings joy and redemption and restoration. So he's the, the, the leader of the group is saying, let me get this straight. We got up early. We skipped breakfast. You've endured some pain. Although sorrow may last for the night, joy comes in the morning. He's looking at him. And he said, we've come this close. And you're going to quit now? I feel like I'm talking to some people in the room that are this close to getting in the room. You're tired, you're hangry, you're worn out, you're exhausted, and you just feel like throwing in the towel. You feel like saying, I can't go anymore, Pastor. I don't have any energy left. I'm telling you today, so, so, I promise you'll feel like that again, so. This guy looks at him. See, this guy has what I call so-so faith. <laughs> Not so-so faith, but so-so we're going to do something. Come on, somebody. So-so faith. A type of faith that says, I refuse to be denied. Like God, this was God's commission. I didn't wake up and, and think to myself, I want to I wanna work really hard today to help someone. Else. Like, no, no, no. God put this in my spirit to do, and I'm going to have this so-so faith that when an objection comes, I'm going to overcome it. That when struggles happen, I am going to answer the call. When, when frustration happens, I refuse to give up. I refuse to, to give in. See, uh, in Psalm 42 and 6, in the NASB, it says this, My soul is in despair within me. Therefore, another word for therefore, so. So. I remember from the land of Jordan, David's writing and he says, my life is falling apart. I'm unhappy. I'm wore out. I'm a little angry. 
I have everywhere I turn around, it seems like adversaries are assailing me. This is what David's saying. I'm in this place and I feel like my my whole world is crashing down. So I've decided I'm going to remember what you did in my past. I'm facing an adversary that's real. So I'm going to remember you delivered me from the hand of the lion, the, the paw of the bear, the hand of Goliath. And when Saul tried to kill me, you delivered me then too. I feel like my world is crashing down. So I'm going to remember when you helped me get through the Philistines. I'm going to remember when you restored my marriage. I'm going to remember when you healed my... Come on, somebody. David is in this moment. And the reality is he's, he's adversary and life is hard. And he's deciding to respond to his problem with his praise. Here's the reality. You get what you faith for. But you faith for what you focus on. You get what you faith for. But you faith for what you focus on. And David said, if my focus is my enemy, I'm going to get my enemy. But if I can change, fix my focus... And I can focus on God. I'll start faithing for the things of God. And when I start faithing for the things of God, what I get are the things of God. You get what you faith for and you faith for what you focus on. Here's the reality. How you handle the obstacle will always determine the outcome. How you handle the situation, how you handle the obstacle will always determine the outcome in your life. Come on, somebody. David is saying, I'm choosing to focus on on what you've done. If you're here and you're struggling with some health issues, begin to read stories of how God healed people. If you're struggling with some depression issues, begin to read read encouraging things and surround yourself with people that that are going to encourage you to walk this thing out. The question is simple. You may have come to an obstacle so... Are you willing to get on the roof? Are you willing to get on the roof? Roofing joke implied. (laughs) Are you willing? It's scary. Now, I don't know if they had a ladder or steps. I don't know. I see the Bible in like picture, like cartoons. (laughs) When I read it, I'm immature. And I picture he's on this mat with like a stretcher, like an old, like a mash stretcher. Anybody like that show? I like that show. And and it's like that, only I don't know if they... I picture in my brain they didn't tie him down the first time and they tried to stand him up and he fell out of it. That's just, that's just the way I picture stuff. I'm sorry. Right or wrong, that's just what happens in my brain. I have to walk, I have to work through this in my own, <laughs> work out my own salvation. The, the leader says, Henry says, let's get on the roof. And John says, and do what? Henry says, I don't know. Let's see when we get up there. They, climb, they pull this guy that's unable to do anything about his situation up on the roof. Now I have to pause again. There's a massive difference between unable and unwilling. See, in our culture, we have a, in our life as Christians, we want to help people that are unable get to Jesus. But when someone, you can't make anyone, matter of fact, God says it like this. I'm not going to, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I, God speaking, will not make anyone do anything. That's why I gave you free will. See, there's a massive difference between unable and unwilling. And in our life, we have people that are unwilling to do anything to help themselves out. 
They're unwilling to, to get to the place of God. So in this story, they probably had another friend that just didn't want any part of Jesus. You know why he's not in this story? Because they couldn't help someone that was unwilling, only unable. You have people in your life that are unable to do anything about their marriage. You're going to help them. You have people in your life that are unable to do anything about their spiritual circumstance. You're going to help them. But when they're unwilling to do it, you cannot help them. You can love them. You encourage them. But you can't force them. What happens in our life, guys, then shame comes on us and guilt comes on us. And we feel like, what's wrong with me that I'm not doing anything to help them? Guys, if they're unwilling, it's okay. It's okay for you to just love and encourage them because you can't make them do anything. This guy was not unwilling. He was unable. They bring him on the roof. So they went up to the roof. So they went up to the roof. You can, is it up there? And, come on, we're, we're we got a C. You got a few A's over here and some D's over here. And the painter girls ain't said nothing yet, so they're failing. Let's try that again. But, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof. All right, good job. And they took off some tiles. They got up there and, and, and they said, what are we going to do now? And I, I feel like it went like this. And we're going to take off some tiles. <laughs> like he's looking around for the solution when he got up there. What are we going to do? We're going to get up on the roof. And what are we going to get up there? And we're going to dig a hole through it. Like sounds great unless it's your roof. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It sounds like a good idea unless if it's you got to repair it because I can't repair it. Man, if I got to change the air freshener in my car, I feel like the car's total. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I got buddies for that stuff, you know? They can help me and teach me. And so they get up there. Now, now this wasn't a roof like, like our roofs. It was, it was shrapnel, man. It was, it was tile, particles of tile and clay and rock and pottery. And, and, and it wasn't a pleasant process. Like they didn't get up there and have a smooth surface or have a way to, 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 to not worry about falling or slipping. Flat roof or slanted is irrelevant because they got up there and they had to dig through. Can I tell someone today, if you're going to break through, you got to dig through? If you're going to go, if you're going to break through to Jesus, you got to keep digging. And when your fingers hurt, keep digging. And, and when you're tired, see, I love this setting of scripture, guys, because, and they took some tiles off. He's saying, and I got to put my hand to the plow. If I'm going to help someone, and it's my job, or, and I have to work a job I don't like because I have to provide my family, or I have to help someone at my job. And at some point in your life, you have to put feet with your faith. Come on, somebody. At some point in your life, you have to put feet with your faith and not just talk about what should have been done. They get to Jesus and Jesus looks up at him. He looks at this guy and he looks up at them. It says, seeing their faith had nothing to do with his faith. I love this man. Because first of all, how do they know where Jesus was? How do they know? I, I, again, picture, picture guy here. I wonder, like they could have dropped the dude in the bathroom. Could have been the first biblical swirly in history. We don't know. <laughs> We don't know. How do they know where Jesus was? At some point, there's got to be an element of faith. At some point in your life. Now, I, I think, honestly, I think that it wouldn't have mattered. I think 
it wouldn't have mattered because see, if they were digging, if Jesus was teaching over here, Grandpa, if Jesus was teaching over here and the hole was coming over there, I think Jesus would have moved to be in place to catch whatever gets broke through. See, there's something in the word that says this, as I draw nigh, he says, as you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. So as he's standing there, as he's teaching, as he's proclaiming, faith is coming in the room to heal a man that is unable to do anything about his situation, unable to handle his predicament. And as faith is moving, the Bible will teach us that as we move toward him, he is faithful to move toward us. So see, it wouldn't have mattered if they were in the wrong place. It wouldn't have mattered. As they dug through, moving with faith, he would move to be in position with them. He looks at the guy and he looks up at them and he says, seeing your faith, you're healed. Your sins are forgiven. Does that mess anybody up? Seeing your faith, you get healed. I was at a grocery store and uh, I was talking to this, this, this older mom and this younger um, high school student volleyball player. And as we're talking, um, I, I knew the mom a little bit. Uh, not well, but a little bit. She had, um, she was a, a believer, and we had talked a little bit about that stuff. And um, I think she'd been to church once. And so, anyhow, we were just talking, and um, I just felt in my heart that she had some issues, some, some like her back or something. So I said, "Man, can I pray with you?" And she said, "Yeah, my back hurts really bad." And I said, "Well, I'm going to believe God that He can heal you. Amen." We're going to believe God for healing because He still heals. And I said, "We're going to believe God for that." And 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 her daughter goes, "Oop!" I went, "What was that?" <laughs> she said, "Well, I don't believe in healing." I said, "It's okay." I do. I'll need you to believe. I do. So we, I went to pray for her back. And as we prayed, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, have the daughter pray for her back. And I'm like, daughter, don't believe. And the Lord's like, remember you do. Mama does. I want to teach the daughter something right now. So I said, honey, put your hand on your mama's back and you tell that pain it has to go in Jesus' name. So the daughter puts her hand on her mama's back and she says, pain, you have to go in Jesus' name. And immediately the mom goes, oh my gosh, every bit of pain in my body is gone. That's incredible. It's awesome. <laughs> coolest, coolest part of the story though, the daughter goes, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> so we prayed for the daughter, the volleyball player, and God healed her shoulder as well. Your faith can set someone else free. As you invite people, as you bring them to encounter the love of God, your faith can set them free. Did you, did you hear, were you listening whenever they talked about what a conjunction was? Here's what it is. Our words that link, worship team can come on up. Conjunctions are words that link other words, phrases, or clauses together. Words or phrases that link other words or phrases together. Don't you understand? In, in life, you are the conjunction. A conjunction links two things together. A, a, a conjunction is a person that sees a broken person and links them to a God that builds. It sees a hurting person and links them to a God that heals. It sees a depressed person and links them to a God that brings joy. Don't you understand? In life, your anointing and your calling is to be a conjunction for a lost and dying broken world. To join them to a Savior that brings hope, life, and healing. Don't you get it? Matter of fact, the Great Commission. 
Jesus said, go ye, that means you, unto all the world, all your world, making disciples. Joining people that don't know God. Giving them an opportunity. Introducing them to the heart of God. I love this setting of scripture. Because we don't know these four men's name. We don't know their personalities. We don't know their backgrounds. We don't know their belief system. We don't know if they were pre or post trib. Come on, somebody. We don't know their political affiliation. We don't know what they believed about the gifts of the Spirit. We don't know any of that stuff. But we see their function. We see their function as the conjunction. The world needs to see you function way before it needs to know what you believe. Come on, somebody. It needs to see you function as a person that says, you know what? I don't have it all together either. But let me introduce you to someone that does. His name is Jesus. You're called. I'm called. The hill, we are called to be the conjunction from the world to the Savior. From the lost to the finder. Our call is to do our part to be the conjunction to get people in the room to meet Jesus Christ. Someone says, Pastor Bo, what are you talking about? What, what's the point of all this? The point is simple. You have people in your world that don't know him. And God put you in their life, in their life to introduce you and them. Whether that's you bring them here or that's you go to their house and help them. You're the conjunction. You're the conjunction. And Romans says that the, that the sons of God, are, they're, they're waiting. That the earth is groaning for the sons of God or the daughters of God to be revealed. What's that mean? Very plainly, there's people in your world that are dying for you to function the way you were created. Would you bow your heads all over this place? thinking sometimes how short I fall of 
being the link between someone who is in a position where they just need somebody to reach a hand out and extend Jesus to them and connect them to the Savior. What a good reminder this morning that sometimes people just need somebody to lower them into the presence, into the room where He exists, whether that's in your cubicle at work. Listen, He doesn't just show up right here on Sundays. You can actually lead people into the presence of who Jesus is at work, in Walmart. Amen, Pastor Donna? At Mudfest 2020. Don't even know what that is. Just saying, we have a, we have a, a calling place and it, it's not... It's not location-based, it's not time-based, it's not my situation is, is different than your situation, so when I get that fixed based, it's, it's, a, it's a, 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 an all-encompassing how can I spread and share as much Jesus that I can in the time that I've been given. I think that I've fallen short so many times and maybe you're like me this morning and nobody looking around and you want to just declare today that Father, I, I, I need more of, of you. I need more of your boldness and your courage. I need less of my situation. I need to walk in what you've called me to do. If that's you this morning with my hand also high in the air, maybe you're watching online and you're thinking, that's me. Would you just lift your hand this morning? Man, I, honestly, I think that it's probably most of us in the, in the aspect or the retrospect of, of how can we best serve a Savior that met us when we were broken. If you could reflect and go back to the moment where Jesus met you, can you imagine having that happen in the person that sits next to you at work's life? or the person that you meet at Walmart, or the person that you're driving next to that's driving crazy, it's the last thing you want to do is share Jesus. But maybe that moment is designed specifically so that they can know and understand the goodness of the Savior. Lastly, maybe this morning has been that very moment for you. Maybe this morning is this, uh, this link between where you were and the the. the, the not wanting to show up this morning and being present in his in the in the presence of who he is here in this moment maybe that that conjunction has maybe somebody was that missing link and it's got you here this morning or maybe you're watching online and you're 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 seeing you're seeing and sensing God moving in such a way and you want to know him as your personal lord and savior maybe for the first time maybe for the first time in a long time maybe maybe you feel like you've messed up but Today is your day to change that forever. If you want to know Jesus on a personal level, on the count of three, just shoot your hand up. No fear, no shame, and be bold. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
while those are getting prayed for, I want to pray for anybody who felt that but didn't raise your hand this morning. I want to pray for those who raised their hand online and uh, made that decision. Father, God, I know that you hear our voice this morning. God, I pray for those that raised their hand this morning. I pray for those who felt it in their heart, felt you knocking. God, I pray that they would ask for forgiveness of all their past sins and acknowledge that, God, you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross so that they could have the freedom and mercy and forgiveness that comes with that. God, I pray that they would announce to you this morning through prayer, through voice, declare that you're greater than the enemy that tries to come against them and declare you as their Savior this morning. 9-1, new beginning of the month, new beginning of a new journey. God, I thank you that your goodness sees no end. Father, I pray for us that feel that, that calling and that, that um, where we've fallen short of, of, of being the joy that you give us, being, being the, the, the connection point for those all around us. God, encourage us. Give us strength and boldness to face tomorrow. Give us new mercies in the morning. Give us the joy to make it through. God, let us just shine you in every aspect of our lives. God, let, let no obstacle that comes in our way be a problem. Let it, let's let's uh, find a different way to move around. Let's faith and believe in you and the, and the fact that you're going to see us through and, and make a way where there seems to be no way. Father, I thank you this morning, God, that your goodness lives in all of our lives every day. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, there were several hands this morning. I think that's call for celebration along with the angels in heaven.